Welcome to All Angles Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hunt, and you guys, I'm back podcasting. I'm so excited. It's been about a two-month break just while I finished my busy season, and also I was in the middle of creating a coaching program called Book It for wedding and elopement photographers who really just want to learn how to attract, convert, and serve their dream couples and take control of their business. So um, I'm just so stoked that that is out into the world now, but took a lot of my effort and a lot of my time where podcasting just had to take a break for a moment. I was also finishing out my busy season in photography as well. So September and October are like super popular months here and I'm finally through it. So we are back podcasting and we don't have a plan for another break in the works as of now, but I'll be sure to let you guys know whenever there may be another one. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share the sweetest review that was left in September. It's so awesome to me that you guys have continued listening to the show while it was out and also just finding so much value from the first 10 episodes. So listen to this review from Maddie F underscore zero nine. I absolutely love this podcast. I haven't really found any photography podcasts that I feel like really pertain to me, teach me what I truly want to learn, and keep me engaged the entire time. I love that some episodes are short and sweet and some are longer and more in-depth, but they're all very educational and encouraging. This newish photographer absolutely loved this podcast and can't wait for more, more, more episodes. Thank you for educating and encouraging me. Maddie, thank you so much for this review. I am so glad that you're here and learning, and I love that I'm able to bring short and longer episodes to you guys, depending on the topic, and I'm just so glad that you're getting so much out of it. Please let me know if there's any topics I can bring specifically to you that would be helpful. And while we are on the topic of reviews, if you guys have been listening in and you are just loving the podcast, please leave a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It truly does mean so much. It gets the podcast into more ears like yourself. And also it just keeps me encouraged to keep bringing you guys this free content because it lets me know it's actually helping you in some kind of a way. So that is that. Let's get to the episode about the top five travel hacks in three, two, one. You are listening to All Angles, a business and photography podcast that truly hits on all angles of creating and sustaining a fulfilling photography career. Hosted by Claire Hunt, a former pediatric trauma nurse turned wedding photographer and educator. Every two weeks, Claire brings you tangible and actionable tips that help you improve your dream business all while providing you some encouragement along the way. For marketing, client experience, travel, content creation, productivity, and more, grab your coffee because we're about to hit on all angles of running your dream photography business. Welcome to another episode of All Angles Photography Podcast. Today, I have Sydney Kuhn with me from Wildly in Love. Sydney's been on the show before, but just in case you don't know her, she is a destination elopement planner, and she also has a blog and vlog called The Wildly Life. She hopes that by sharing all of her travels that she'll inspire others to live a wildly adventurous life. So isn't it fitting that I've brought her on the show again to talk about travel hacks, just to share some fun travel stats about her. She's been to 44 of the 50 states, 32 of the 63 U.S. national parks, and over 14 countries, and many of those countries multiple times. So she's adding lots of new states, national parks, and countries in the next year. So Sydney, in case someone may not know who you are, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your love for travel, where it came from, and some of your most favorite places you've been. 
Hi, yes, I am Sydney. I am so excited to be on the show and chat with you guys about all things travel, my first and biggest obsession. Yes. Um, <laughs> other than my husband, Caleb, I love him more. <laughs> but yes, I have been like since a very early age, I've been absolutely obsessed with travel, not just like oh, like I like it, but like literally I would do anything possible to travel as much as I can. Growing up, I actually had a Sydney, Australia themed bedroom. That's um, so cool. I literally had a Sydney opera house like above my bed, a ball of stuffed animal, stuff like a teddy bear. I had literally watched the crocodile hunter. Like I just literally was obsessed with it. Uh, so like as I got older, well, actually for Christmas, I, this is kind of fun story. Uh, every year for Christmas, I would ask Santa for a plane ticket to Australia for like, oh. like 10 years. Uh, and then when I finally got to high school, I changed it to be like just a flight credit to like somewhere that I could use. So my parents ended up giving me that a lot. But um, that being said, <laughs> for years, and like I still do, I literally will do as much as I can to save um, to travel. So like throughout college and in my early days of my career, I would literally eat potatoes like for weeks and I would just put all of my food money uh, to travel. I worked three jobs in college, uh, also being a full-time student so that I could travel. I literally... As of recently, Caleb and I have done this. We literally have packed food in our suitcase to another country so that we can save money while traveling. That's so, amazing. That being said, I love to travel. I'm constantly planning the next trip. Even when I'm on a current one and I already have five plans, five trips planned, I'm just obsessed with traveling. Uh, it just gives me such a, such a zest for life and so much joy. Um, and I just love exploring the world, meeting new people and experiencing unique cultures. So yeah, I, I just literally love it. <laughs> my, my husband and I actually, uh, fun fact, uh, we, so we just recently moved into a house. Um, but for the last 14 months, we've been living out of Airbnbs, traveling the world, um, while our home here in Colorado is being built. We've literally stayed in over a hundred Airbnbs in the last 14 months, which That's is wild. Like absurd. That's like, <laughs> like over two a week. Like some of, some of our trips, it would be like four a week. And then we would stay for one for like a few, like a month or something. But anyways, yeah. And we actually both this year, uh, I have status on two different airlines and he also has status on airlines. So you're not an avid traveler yeah, or anything like, like that. No, I'm like, I don't know if this is like a cry for help that I have this much status on different airlines. But I, but anyways, it is what it is. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I've like literally always wondered like how you have stayed sane during this time of like being all over the place. Like you were literally in Hawaii and I like cannot keep up. You're in Hawaii for a month and then you get back and then you're gone again. And then you've got weddings and all the things. So it was just wild. Like just seeing your life play out and out of a storage unit too. So yeah have to go through all of your clothes and things and switch them out and just crazy yeah it was crazy it was kind of funny because my mom uh she like literally told me the only way she knows where I am in the world is by watching my Instagram stories Um, (laughs) and so like one time I remember this a few months ago I didn't post for the weekend like I was just like I really need a break from social media. I didn't post. And she literally texted me and she was like, are you okay? You haven't oh my posted gosh. on social media in like 48 hours. And I was like, yes, mom, I am. I also talked to my mom like a ton, but she's like, you know, I love following. I feel like I am there with you. Oh, that's <laughs> she's cute. So cute. Yeah. Living through you. That's like the epitome of living through someone. I love it. 
Awesome, Sydney. Well, since you're so well-versed in travel, um, this episode literally is just going to be for anyone who wants to like learn more about traveling and whether that's in the States or internationally, um, what are your top five travel hacks that you have just discovered through experience or learning from other people? Go ahead and take it away. Yes. So I have literally so many so many tips and travel hacks and all the things, but I feel like I've narrowed it down to like what I think would be the most beneficial to the broadest audience. Um, So I'm about to just go off. So uh, if you're a note taker, maybe take some notes um, or just remember a few things from this episode because I, you will travel more hopefully after listening and heeding my advice. Um, So yeah. Okay. So my first tip is to start saving in the everyday. So you're like, I don't even know what that means. But uh, so many people spend tons of money without realizing it. Like I, I didn't even know this was a thing until I started talking to more people. Like little purchases or weekly habits you don't even think about. I know a lot of people that don't track their expenses, don't track their spending, don't track budgeting, like none of that, um, which is like mind blowing to me because my husband Caleb and I are huge budget and tracking expense kind of people like. We used to do Excel. We now have um, a budget app that we use, um, which I would actually highly recommend. It's called You Need a Budget. Um, I think. Oh, we use that too. Oh my gosh, you really? Did I yeah. tell you about that? Or did you just I don't think so. I think I've had oh it for God. a while, but yeah, we use that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Well, both of us have it and love it. Highly I mean, recommend. Highly <laughs> recommend it. I think you pay like a small fee for the year, but it basically is different. So I'm going to like derail what I was about to say to just talk about this app. Um, because it's so good. So it's basically so different from other budgeting apps, which Claire, obviously you can speak on this as well since you use it, but it like helps you forecast to where you're budgeting to spend versus most other like budgeting apps you've found where like you are budgeting after you spent the money. So it was like, kind of like not intuitive to be like, oh, well I just spent, you know, $200 at the mall. And it's like, oh, well you didn't have that in clothing. And it's like, oh, well now I do because I already spent it. So like, it just helps you forward cast. So we can like budget plan, plan things out over months so that we can save up for trips. So anyways, we just started using that within the last like six months. And it's like seriously been a game changer. I use it for my business now too. But anyways, back to, back to what I was saying about saving in every day. So every dollar that we spend, like I said, is accounted for, tracked for and budgeted in this app. So the reason that this is so like just, game changing to saving for travel is like I said, you spend so much money without even thinking about it. So like if you're more intentional about where you're spending your money on a daily basis, you can then be more strategic and then plan to save it for a trip. So um, a few examples, like practical examples would be like, if you eat out a ton, like literally be strategic and only eating, just say one meal out a week. So whether that's like Friday night with your friends on a Tuesday night with whoever, I don't know, Saturday morning breakfast, like be very intentional, at least for like a few months to where you are, you know, maybe trying to plan a a trip and trying to save for it. Um, and just cook meals in, um, you will literally save like hundreds, especially if you're married. (laughs) We, anytime we've had weeks where it's been like, Oh, we need to eat out more because like when we move into the house or just things like that, we like look back and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is painful to see how much we spent on food when we normally spend like X amount. Um, another thing is like making coffee at home. Like I know a lot of people love to like stop by a coffee shop on their way to work or on their commute, but just say you spend $5 on coffee, uh, five days a week, that's literally $150 per month, just on coffee. If you only get one cup a day, 
only Monday through Friday. So yeah. if you like, that is such a quick thing that you can like cut in like two months, you can have a flight somewhere. And all you've done is like make coffee at home. Um, another thing is like getting your nails done. Um, obviously I don't think there's anything wrong with any of these things, getting coffee out, eating out, getting your nails done by no means. But if you're trying to save and you like don't have a big increase in your salary or you don't feel like you have the, the funds right now, these are just ways to be a little bit more savvy. Um, so, you know, every two weeks, every three weeks, you get your nails done. Maybe that's 50 to a hundred dollars. That is like so easily able to be put into a travel fund and you can paint your nails at home or maybe give your nails a little break. Um, so yeah, I think that is just such a big thing is really getting a hold of your finances, seeing where your money is going. That way, you know, um, you know, Hey, I spent an extra hundred dollars on clothing this month. Did I really need all that stuff? Like, let me for three months be really intentional about putting that money towards a specific trip that I want to save up for this summer or something like that. So that's my first tip. But before I jump into the next one, did you have anything you wanted to add or like ask or anything? I I think that's great. No, you got this girl. You know all the travel tips. I will say you need a budget is great. So that's really the only contribution that I have to this. But it is so important when you start thinking of like allocating every single dollar that you have to a specific fund or need or whatever. And YNAB, I think that's like the acronym for it. YNAB. Um, You can, it's kind of like a envelope system, but all electronic. So if you have like, if you've heard of an envelope system for budgeting, it's basically that, but just electronic and it's so, so easy to use. So that's my only contribution. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. So my second tip relates specifically to like booking your trip and vacation. Um, It it is be flexible with your dates. (laughs) So this can be huge. Um, The pricing difference between traveling during like a weekend versus peak season or mid week in an off season, like honestly will like blow your mind. It's like crazy to to see the price differences. So if you can, like with your job, um, I don't, you know, maybe you have a more corporate job and you can't just like take a vacation in the middle of the week and you need to do weekend trips. Um, but just try to be more strategic. Um, and you'll save a ton of money on not only flights, but also like lodging cars and just what overall like availability of stuff. Um, so an example, uh, of like how you could do this and like travel in a shoulder season um, just say you wanted to go somewhere and like, instead of going in the summer, like June through August, maybe go through September. Um, and that way, like you can kind of get maybe some deals on, you know, sometimes Airbnbs or hotels they are lower because it's like all their tourists have left and now they just want to fill the space. So they're willing to do more deals. Um, obviously if there's specific things like, Oh, you want to go lay in the sun at a beach. Like maybe you can't do that in September in like, Florida. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with Florida, but like tropical places, <laughs> you still can, depending on where you're going, like obviously weigh the pros and cons um, and the cost differences. Um, and then also instead of fr- flying like Friday to Sunday, you could fly like Thursday to Saturday um, if you're just trying to do a short trip because the flights typically are most expensive on like a Friday night and a Sunday night because obviously people want to go for their weekend. Um, so just be like really flexible with when you like can choose your dates on your vacation. And if you're going to take a week vacation anyways, maybe do like a Wednesday to a Wednesday, you're taking the same days off of work, but you're getting a cheaper or maybe Wednesday to Tuesday, whatever five days of business days. Uh, but you could get way cheaper flights because you're flying on like these weird days and weird times. 
Um, we also, a lot of times, super unpopular, but we take a lot of red eyes. <laughs> um, and red eyes out of Denver are typically at 1235 a.m. Um, or oh. 1 a.m. We've also taken a 1 a.m. flight, which is like just brutal. Honestly, they're horrible. Um, but like we're the kind of people that like would do that to save a bunch of money and we can rally at the destination. I know some people like sleep is the most important thing in their life. So maybe you <laughs> don't do that option. But like yeah. uh, we have saved so much money taking the worst flight time. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then also like obviously being flexible dates is the most ideal if you work like fully remote. Um, so like both Caleb and I, we can work from anywhere. So like we hardly ever travel just on a weekend unless it's like a road, like we're literally driving the mountains or something. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, we can fly in on a Wednesday and maybe he needs to work whatever that half day and then we can take off or something like that. But just trying to be as flexible as possible with the seasons, the times, um, and all of that, which I'll actually talk a little bit more in tip number three about how you can figure out the cheapest like days and times and all of that to fly. A client inquiring with you is the beginning of your selling journey, my friend. They've gotten to the point of trusting you enough to reach out, so now you have a very big role to play because this is the start of their journey with you. I created a freebie just for you to start hooking inquiries from the very beginning. These are the exact email templates I use for every inquiring couple, and I just know they will help you get ghosted less and truly serve these couples once they land in your inbox. You can check out the show notes and description for the link, and the download will be on its way to you. Let's get back to the episode. So going into my third tip, it is a Google flights. Google flights is literally my best friend. I've heard of like a lot of other apps like Skyscanner or, um, isn't it Hopper one? Hopper. Yeah. I was like, yeah. it's a bunny. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, there's like a lot of apps like that, but personally Google flights is my favorite. I just feel like it's the most legit on the like legit airlines. If that makes sense. I'm not like super familiar with Hopper. Um, but I felt like every time I did Skyscanner, I was like, in college and I would take like spirit somewhere and like, I'm just not about spirit anymore. So no. um, I've gotten screwed over a few times and sometimes by the time you pay all the back fees, it's like literally the same flight or the same yeah. price as flying like on Delta. Uh, it, is. it is, but it's like, yeah. it's really annoying. And then they also like have horrible customer service. So yep. anyways, <laughs> back to Google flights. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know what Google flights is, it's, like seriously about to change your life, especially if you didn't know about any of the other flight tracking apps, but Google flights is basically like a part of Google. So like you can really Google in your search bar, Google flights. And that's actually how I find it. I honestly thought that everyone knew about this, but then I had a lot of people messaging me on how I book flights for like the weddings and elopements I do and just on trips. So I was like, Oh, maybe I should talk about Google flights more. So anyways, yeah. So Google flights basically is similar to, I guess, other flight, flight hacking, flight scanning apps. Cheap flight apps. What is it called? Cheap flight. Cheap flights cheap fl- is one too. Oh, Scott's cheap flights is also. That's one uh, too. Yeah, Scott's. Cheap you flights. said that, and it sparked something in my head. Yes. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So Scott's cheap flights is a little bit more like they find a deal and then they email you with that deal, and then you have to book that flight to in order to get the deal. So that one's like super flexible in the sense that like, or you have to be super flexible. It'll be like. April 17th through the 21st from 
LAX to Iceland is $150. And it's like, oh my gosh. So um, depending on if you were planning on going on a trip in that time, if you live at that airport and like some other things, um, you can set your home airport. But anyway, sorry, tangent on uh, Scott's cheap flight. It's great, (laughs) but like you just have to be really, really flexible. Google Flights, you can make it work for you a little bit more. Um, So it's basically like a third-party website that finds the best and cheapest flight deals for specific destinations and dates. And so one of my favorite things about it is that you can track it and get notifications. So if the price raises or lowers, you know. So um, for example, like just say you're booking a flight from, I'll just use Denver, Denver to Mexico. Why not? Um, So if you're going from Denver to Mexico and you put in the dates you want, um, and then you find a flight that's like, just say I'm going in six months. So I have a lot of time to book. And flights are like $750 for one person, which is absurd to go to Mexico. So um, and you would put it in and like in the search bar and then um, you find the flight that you like and you hit track at the end. So then like a few weeks from now, the price might drop to $250 or something like that. And then I would get a notification and I'd immediately book it. Um, so that's like really nice, especially if you have like time to book the flight. If you're like needing to book the flight that night, that's not the best method, but they have other methods, which I'll explain in a second. But I really like the tracking feature. So like a lot of times way before we need to book our flights, we will go on Google flights, look at them. Sometimes they're like crazy cheap. Like we actually just booked, um, two flights, not red eye, uh, to Mexico for $600. So both of us are in Mexico for $600. Um, and they're like really good times in today's, uh, flight, what do you call it? Debacle. I, yeah, what is the word? They're so high right now. So like, um, that was pretty good. I feel like flights that's are really good right now. So yeah. Anyways, for $300 each, we're going to Mexico for like nine days, but back to the tracking thing. Yeah. I would do that for longer things. One of the other features that Google flights has is the price graph and the date comparison, I think that's what it's called, or date combination, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, So for example, the price graph, it, again, you put in the destination and the dates, and it shows you a graph of like what basically the price is doing. So like, sometimes if it's like been going up, going up, going up, it's like most likely about to drop. So then you can wait to when it drops. So the graph is like, I'm not the, like, the graph is my least favorite just because I'm, like, not a big graph person. <laughs> but yeah. if you, like, know how to interpret graphs really well, that's really good because it's tracking the trends. So you can kind of know what it's probably going to do next. So you can wait to book. Um, but one of my favorites, other than the tracking, is the date combination graph. So it's basically like an Excel grid. I don't know. I'm just that's way I see it as. And so like you put in your dates and this is kind of what I was talking about above about being flexible with your dates is you could put in like, just say you ideally wanted to go Thursday to Sunday, a long weekend somewhere. Um, but you put in that and then you click on the date combination graph and it will show you all of the prices for different combinations of dates. So like, just say, for example, you flew on Thursday to Sunday and it was going to be $500 but you flew in Wednesday and flew out Saturday, it is $250 for the exact same flight pattern, exact same time. So um, it just is really, really helpful in like seeing, especially if you're flexible, oh, like if I just flew in Tuesday to whatever day, it's way better than flying whatever my original dates were. Um, And so that's like one of my favorite ways to find like super flexible dates. Um, And then another thing about how Google Flights does it is it prioritizes the flights at the top that are the best price for like airfare in the sense that like 
it's not going to put you on like a 22 hour layover for this cheap flight necessarily. It's going to, it like factors in multiple things, which I feel like sometimes other sites it's like, Oh great. You can get this flight for a hundred dollars, but you have six yeah. connections and like nine layover, you know, like absurd. I've things seen that. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I would never take that. Like I'm literally no. flying longer than I'm at the destination at this point. And yep. So anyways, yeah. So the Google flights, it kind of like analyzes it, I guess at the top. So like, Sometimes they're not the most ideal flight times, obviously, because they're cheaper, but sometimes they're still pretty good and they're way cheaper than like maybe leaving two hours later. And so that's another thing that I love about it. Um, And then my last thing about Google Flights, and then I'll stop talking about Google Flights, (laughs) is um, that you can book it directly on the airline's website from Google Flights. So like some things like Expedia, you book things on Expedia. So like sometimes you can get screwed specifically with airlines if you book it on a third party website because they won't talk to you. You have to talk to that third party. So if your flight gets canceled, it gets delayed. You're now talking to Expedia about your Delta flight instead of Delta. And so like that is just like I would never book something like that personally because I just fly so much that I'm like, I don't even want to have to like the airline needs to take care of me, not this third party site. So um when you choose your flight, so just say, again, you put your dates, your destinations, you choose the flight you want. At the bottom, it will say like book on Delta or book on American. And then you click that and then it automatically takes you to that airline's website and has that flight um, like auto-populated, I guess, like in your cart, like if you are wow. already just on the website. So like it takes you directly to Delta's website. I'm a Delta Sky Miles member, so it signs me in and it has all my information. So I'm basically booking directly through Delta's website, but I found out on Google Flights. So um, cool. yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like kind of a third party, yeah. but it just searches. You don't book it through them. So it's like a hundred percent. I would only book our flights through there. Like no other way. <laughs> That's really good to know. I've never used Google Flights, but I've heard that it has like good tracking measures like you mentioned. And even just like the whole thing about how like I've seen, I think it's like Skyscanner where it's like, it'll have a $150 flight or whatever, but yet you're having to like lay over in somewhere really random for like 10 hours in an airport. And you're like, that's not even worth it. So that's really cool that Google flights has a way to like filter those out and stuff. Yeah. And there's tons of other filters. Like sometimes if I, because I have status on, I've status on Delta and American. So like sometimes I was like, oh, I needed to work towards my American status for next year. I've been flying too much Delta or vice versa. You can filter it to where it only shows you that airline. Um, oh, cool. Or like, I think you can check it to like, just say you hate spirit. Like you don't ever want to see spirit. <laughs> like it won't show you spirit. Yeah. Most of the time it only shows major carriers though, which is again, another reason I love that because I just personally, like I budget travel, but I don't budget travel or budget airlines. That's not the way I do it. I just have distrust. (laughs) And like, I feel like the flying experience, I fly too much to be like, have horrible like time in the air. Like half my life is I feel like in the air. (laughs) So anyways, check out Google Flights. It's seriously amazing. I really love it. And I literally only book my flights through there. Like I never even go to the airlines websites anymore. I just go to Google Flights. But my fourth tip is to pack smart. So uh, there's multiple facets to this tip, but it is no secret that like literally everything in the airport is five times more expensive than anything outside. Um, So one of the easiest ways to save money, like while actually traveling, like in the airport is to pack snacks. So for like super long flights, I usually will pack snacks. um, And sometimes depending on what time it is, like, in the day, we either eat right before we 
like go to the airport or we pack a meal, like pack a sandwich. We've done that before. Um, and so instead of spending like $15 on a bag of Cheez-Its and a water bottle, I will pack, you know, Ziplocs that we all share of like granola bars, crackers, um, popcorn. Popcorn's my favorite thing to fly with. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love popcorn. Um, like an apple, like something like obviously shelf stable um, snacks, but especially for long like international flights when we're flying for like 24, 36 hours and you might be flying at like two in the morning at, you know, France time, but it's dinner time for you and there's nothing open in the airport. That also has helped us like tide over um, sometimes like not things not being open, especially traveling during COVID. There was a really long time where there was like no really food options in the airport. So always pack snacks. Um, it's a like super easy way to save money. Another thing related to the snacks is to pack a reusable water bottle. I don't, I honestly blows my mind that people like don't do this. Uh, but just literally pack like a hydroflask, whatever you use and don't fill it with water. And then once you get through security, then you can fill it with water. Obviously yeah. you can't be filled to get security. Otherwise you'll have to dump it or throw it away. So, um, but then you can refill it as many times as you want. I'm a huge water drinker. So like I literally hate paying for water. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in life. Yeah. So I always have my water bottle with me. Um, so that's just another thing that I'm like, literally like pack an empty water bottle, even if it's like not reusable, like, I don't know, just like bring one, Yeah. <laughs> save money. And then another thing about packing smart, not related to eating or food or drinking, never pay for an overweight bag. I, it is the biggest ripoff. I don't know, like if people actually pay the $200 over, I feel like some people probably get screwed and they have to, but oh my gosh. Um, I could never imagine paying that for a bag. So we have a luggage scale that we actually have at home. Um, it's just like a super easy handheld one from Amazon. I love it. Um, it's actually, side note, back to my website, I have a page that you can shop all of my favorite um, travel products um, on my website and then also on my Instagram. So that yeah. is on there if you want to know like what's, it's super cheap. I want to say it's $12. And we'll include like a link to, to your website and all the things so that you guys can have like easy access to it and the luggage scale and all that stuff. Perfect. I love it. Uh, so this luggage scale, I got a lot of questions about it when I posted um, about it a while ago, but we... Love it. So basically at home before or when we're packing for a trip, especially because like I had mentioned earlier in the episode, we lived out of our suitcases for 14 months. So it's not like, oh, we're just going on a weekend trip, like just ditch the shoes. It was like, no, like I need these one pair of shoes. Like we didn't pack like a ton of extra like fluff. It was everything that we like truly needed. So we didn't yeah. really have like a lot of wiggle room. Um, or if we did, we needed to know that we had to like leave it at the storage unit before we got to the airport because you're flying and then driving. Like there was a lot more complicated logistics in our life. So the luggage scale is super helpful. So like as you're packing, you can weigh it at home. So like sometimes I was like, oh, I really want to bring this extra cute jacket to Paris, but like, <laughs> do I have the weight? And so I would like weigh it. And then I'd be like, I don't have the weight. <laughs> so then I would have to like ditch it. Um, and obviously like when you get to the airport, you can take stuff out and like put it in your backpack or wear five coats or whatever you need to do. But like, I just feel like, especially for us traveling so much, it was such an added stress, like on the way to the airport, we're like, oh my gosh, like, is my bag going to be over? I don't know. I threw in an extra pair of jeans. Like, what will it be? And then it's like two in the morning and I'm unpacking my suitcase in front of everybody. And then it's like, you know, it's a whole thing. So honestly, the luggage scale is really helpful because it helps you pack smarter and be a little bit more decisive about what you need to pack. And so you never pay for an overweight overweight bag. Um, Another thing about like kind of related to this um, is so with 
Delta and American, we get free checked bags. On American, I think we get one and Delta, we get two. So we never pay for checked bags. Um, obviously you have to have status or I think you can actually do it with the American and Delta credit card, which that is related to my last tip. <laughs> but um, so there's like other hacks like that. Like if you like travel enough to where it's like, you don't want to keep paying for this, this big bag, but you always check because maybe you're an overpacker. That's another thing that you can look into. And then also, uh, I feel like this is kind of goes without saying, but I'm just going to say in case maybe you don't travel and you don't know this, but pack your heavy stuff in your backpack, or if you have a carry on, um, and then you can put like more in the check bag. So like, for example, if we, for some reason are traveling with two suitcases, um, or a backpack, obviously, and then my suitcase, I'll put like all of our shoes in the carry-on so that like all the weight is there, which obviously is not the most fun to walk around the airport with, but then I can put a lot more in the suitcase. So um, just like packing lighter things in there to save on weight and putting the heavier stuff in my backpack, um, yeah. like hair appliances, a straightener, whatever, um, is also like super helpful. But yeah, okay, so my last and fifth final tip is get a travel credit card. Mm-hmm. I am saving this one for last because I truly feel like it has been a game changer for us this last year. There are so many different travel credit cards out there, but uh, Caleb and myself have done hours and hours and hours of research. And we have found personally what we believe based off all of the pros and cons, which I could really go into it, but I'm just going to keep it a little bit more simple because <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but the best one out there, in my opinion, is the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Um, it is so worth it. The annual fee, I think is about $500, which sounds absurd. If you're listening to this, you're like, you pay $500 for a credit card. Um, but the annual fee like literally pays for yourself itself. Um, like basically from getting the perks we get to use it from and the, like the credits that it gives us when you sign on, when you sign on, it gives you like, I think you give us $200 travel voucher. So already like we're going to use that. So then now it's already $300. It gives you, um, like free uh, TSA pre-check and global entry, which if you don't know what either of those are or you don't have them, you need them. I get them. love them. Like you have to get yeah. them, especially pre-check. I like a few, every once in a while an airport will be like, our pre-check is down, which I've never experienced in my life. But they're like, you can't do pre-check. And I had to like go through security like a normal person. And I was like, oh my God, I hate this. It's depressing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's literally like, I hate it. So pre-check, if you don't know um, and you're listening, it basically is like a pre-clearance that the government has done on you or whoever TSA, I don't know who actually does it, but they do a pre-security clearance on you so that when you go through security, you're not having to take your shoes off. You don't have to take stuff out of your backpack. You don't have to go through the same kind of metal detector. I think it's like a lighter, it's not like the x-ray one. Um, And you can keep on like, if you have like a light sweater, you get to keep that on and TSA makes you take it off. So um, that it just saves you a lot of time. Honestly, I don't really do it for the shorter line. It usually has a shorter line. You get through quicker. And then a lot of people in pre-check are usually like businessmen. And so they know what they're doing. And so we can really cruise yeah. the security. I hate having inefficient security trips. I literally, inefficiency like drives me crazy. So I love pre-check. Um, but the main reason I do it is literally because I don't have to take my shoes off and I don't have to take the stuff out of my backpack and I can just like walk through. Um, and then global entry is basically like TSA pre-check, but for U.S. customs. So when you come back into the country, instead of waiting in like a super long, like customs line, sometimes depending on the season, it's like, it can be multiple hours. Um, you can like go to a separate like kiosk or line. I guess it kind of depends on the airport, but um, you just have to like show your global entry thing. And it basically like lets you through. 
Um, so it's like, like a lot quicker, um, especially if you have, like, we've gotten into situ sticky situations where like we've had tight connections. So like you go through customs at your first airport in the U S but it might not be your final destination. So like, I remember one time we were connecting through Miami and we had like an hour, which was not enough time because we had to go through customs, get our bags, go back through security and then get to our gate. And we were literally like running through. We didn't have global entry at this point. And that's when we were like, we are getting it today. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. And so anyways, I, we didn't get it because COVID like shut the world down for two years. So we're like, we're not even going international. So we waited. But anyways, yeah. So that's like a little side note about what that is. But the credit card gives you that. Um, it also has another perk called Priority Pass. Um, which is basically it gives you free lounge access to a ton of airport lounges around the country. So kind of on the topic of like snacks, food, saving money, like you can go into a lounge and they have free snacks and some of them have free alcohol. Um, some of, I think most of them, everything is free, but I think sometimes there's things you pay for, like you essentially like are upgrading for it. Um, but we always get the free stuff and it's like really good. Um, but so if you have like a longer layover, instead of being like, oh, I like want a snack, I need to go pay for a snack. You can go there, get snacks, get a drink, get whatever. Um, they're usually really nice inside. So like if you're like traveling for work or for fun, like it's just a nicer environment to hang out than like an airport gate with like a million people talking super loud. Um, usually they have like a different Wi-Fi. Um, and depending on the lounge, we've definitely been in some lounges that aren't like the greatest but then we've been in some and we're like oh my gosh like this is like the life like I feel like I'm living over here like we're just watching movies in like this cozy chair eating brownies I don't know Caleb's yeah beer um yeah so it's really nice but yeah back to the credit card like um obviously that's one of its perks but um another thing is it gives you like some of the basic things to just talk about this credit card again there's a million out there I've also had a delta credit card like airline credit cards all these things. So it honestly kind of depends on what you are looking for in a credit card. Um, if you only care about getting status on one specific airline, I would probably get that airline credit card. If you travel a ton um, overall, I think this one is better um, because instead of like, for example, my Delta credit card gives me miles for Delta. So like what I'm spending is only going back to give to Delta. Whereas this credit card you can spend on anything. So like kind of some of the basics is it's like three points on all travel and dining out. And I believe in the travel, they include like Airbnbs, Uber, Lyft. Oh, you also get a Lyft pink membership or is that what it's called? I think I've heard of that. Yeah. It's like, it gives you 15% off on all Lyfts. Yeah. So like, again, you're saving money. Like there's so many, there's also a ton I'm not even talking about and some that we don't even like fully use. So it gives you three points on all of that. And then you can use that like anywhere. It's not like you have to use it on a specific airline, a specific hotel, nothing like that. And another thing is if you book through the Chase travel platform, you get even more points. I think it's five times. I think it's points. five. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crazy. So like if you wanted to book your flight through Chase, you could. We don't really use that a ton just because like I kind of mentioned about airlines, I'm super sketched by like third parties for booking flights. But we have done that with hotels. So like Caleb is honestly the expert on this credit card. So I feel like I should have had him come down and talk about this. But like <laughs> I literally love it. Like it so on the Chase travel platform, you can book different like hotels and whatever, like I already mentioned, but the there's like travel 
hack influencers for credit card points. So this is where we've learned a lot of this. So go follow some of those um, if That's you're cool. like, interested in this credit card. And they basically tell you how to optimize your points most. So like, for example, so I'm getting super like nerdy about this credit card. <laughs> so I love it. Everyone is following. <laughs> but <laughs> basically like if you, were tra- if you were going to book on Chase's website and you were going to book at a Hyatt property or a Hilton property, apparently we've learned these Chase points like that you get from your credit card transfer really, really well to um, Hyatt versus Hilton. So for example, we are staying at a um, resort, an all-inclusive resort in Mexico for eight days and each night is 21,000 points, um, which is not... For us, that's not that many points. And for in general, that is not that many points. Uh, we looked at the same, like basically kind of hotel night, same time period for Hilton. And the points were transferring to be 165,000 points for one night. Wow. So we are getting an entire like eight night trip with Hyatt through Chase for the same amount of points that one night at a Hilton is. So there's just like a lot of hacks like that. So like, We've literally booked using our credit card points. We've booked two round trip flights to Europe, like literally for free. Um, again, that all inclusive resort vacation, like literally all in points. So having a travel credit card will like literally pay to travel and you'll get so many fun perks other than like obviously getting all these points and you can use the points however you want. You can do cash back. Um, you could use them at like another store, but like for us, obviously we use it on travel. So um yeah, like I said, there's tons of like travel influencers and bloggers that like are specifically niched in credit card points. So they are the experts. So even follow them. We are still like learning all of that. Um, but yeah, I I literally love our travel credit card. I think travel credit cards are like, especially if you just want to maybe even get into traveling, you need to get a travel credit card. If you, you know, maybe the Chase Sapphire Reserve is like, it's obviously a really steep annual fee, um, especially if you don't travel like even once a month, it might not be worth it. Um, so there's definitely other travel credit cards out there. Um, so I would look into them and see what is the best fit for you with how much you travel, maybe how you want to use your points um, and all of that. But, but yeah, those are kind of my, my big five tips uh, and kind of some travel hacks, some just general tips uh, to get you out there traveling more. So great, Sydney. And yeah, we have actually the Chase Sapphire, I think it's the preferred. Um, so there are like two options for the Chase Sapphire cards. And the preferred is a little less of a like introduction to all the fees and stuff like that. But um, it's been great too. Like I think you get pretty much the same amount of points. And I know that we switched from like Southwest credit card to the Chase preferred just because we'd be able to do international travel. Whereas with Southwest, you can't really do a whole lot internationally. Um, So we found found ourselves feeling like, okay, we need to switch over. So that's been a good one for us too for for now. Uh, Once we start traveling a bit more, it may be worth it to switch over. But all of your tips were so great. Oh, good. I hope they were helpful. Like I tried, I feel like I had so many and I was like, oh, what is going to be like the most, the most helpful for like anybody that just even wants to start getting into traveling more and um, all of that kind of good stuff. I feel like it was great because it's also so general too. So it's like if you're not super well-versed in even just thinking about like a water bottle, for example, like that will literally save you money. Like water at an airport, it's like $5 (laughs) a bottle. It's ridiculous. So like these tips like that you gave, I feel like are just really like simple in general, but very helpful too for people that don't know them. So yeah, Yeah. I loved it. Thanks for sharing everything, Sydney. 
Oh, of course. It was so much fun to chat about. One of my favorite things. <laughs> I'm glad. I love it. Well, for anyone who wants to see all of your travels, she's been in like Paris recently, all the places. So for anyone who wants to see all of your travels, where can they find you? Yes. So my biggest platform is Instagram. I love Instagram. Um, you can find me at, at wildly in love with two underscores. Um, you can also, I talk about it on my Instagram, but like I'm love writing travel blogs, um, about our trips and other like travel tips and hacks as well. Um, and so you can go to my website. It is wildly not calm. Um, and you can find it under, uh, like my blog and then it's called the wildly life. Um, and I have all of the goodness stuff in there. Um, and then I also, we have been creating a lot of, um, like home videos, which are essentially blogs, but to me, they're like done in like a super, just like down to earth and genuine way. Like very much how we would travel doing what we do and just try to like share um, our travels to hopefully inspire people for their trip or like sometimes we share chips um, and all that good stuff. But that um, is on my website, but it's also mainly on YouTube. I'm just getting into the YouTube universe. I know nothing about it, but I've learned yes. it. Um, but you can find me on YouTube at The Wildly Life and you can follow along on all of our adventures. I love it. Thanks so much, Sydney, for sharing everything you did. It's been super fun. I'm sure people are going to get a lot out of this. And yeah, I just appreciate you being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll be back in your ears with more photo biz goodness every two weeks. So be sure to subscribe to the show. If you're loving the episodes, I want to welcome you to leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify so the podcast reaches more listeners just like you. Also, it lets me know you enjoy hearing the most, and I promise it really goes a long way. If you're ready to dig deeper, save yourself time, and master all angles of running your dream photography business, I offer one-on-one -on -one mentoring, a coaching program for wedding and elopement photographers, and resources to make your business work for you instead of the other way around. Those links will be in the show notes and description, as well as any freebies and discounts mentioned in the episode. Until next time, my friend. <laughs>